She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. In search of... Nazi plunder. This episode was written and produced by Tyrone Fox. And this episode is his sole IMDb credit. Oh. So I guess he hasn't done much else with TV. I mean, based on this episode, I would say that's probably a good thing. Anyway. (laughs) It was edited by Thea Bentler and Peter S. Hubbard with assistance by John Dabney and Jack Dunsmore. The series, as always, is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. And this episode originally aired on Sunday, May 29th, 1977. Which is four episodes in four days. Because we had an episode on Thursday. We had two episodes on Tori's negative fifth birthday. And we have one today. That's a yeah. lot of In Search Of. That is. They had a lot. They wanted to get them out there, I guess. Yeah. So we have our narration. April 1945. As Allied forces obliterate German cities, Nazi party functionaries scramble for cover, carrying with them far more than their own worldly goods. The Allied forces obliterate German cities seems like a weird way to say that because you're trying to say the Allies are good guys, but you're also like obliterating cities. Um, Lots of war crimes in World War II, by the way, by everyone, just so you know. Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, Nazis bad, but the Allied forces killed a lot of civilians anyway from d-day the 6th of june to the complete collapse of the german military strength a brief eight months had gone by there had been little time for the looters to hide their ill-gotten wealth by war's end hundreds of millions of dollars in jewels gold and artworks were being stuffed into strong boxes to be hidden in the most unlikely places the plunder set off one of the greatest treasure hunts in history and then we get the opening credits, you know, do 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 whatever opening credits, yay! And we get that weird mid-credit break. Some of the treasures were buried in an Austrian salt mine during World War II. Some were recovered. Many remain unfound to this day. <gasps> so you could go in search of Nazi plunder. Whoa. Theory and conjecture, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is so much stock war footage in this episode. It is. Uh Yeah. Like the narration itself. The narration doesn't start for like five seconds. When we start, it's just all like boom, boom, boom. Like explosions, explosions, explosions. And just, yeah. I know. It's really horrible to watch. And then like, you know, as we record this, like Russia is attacking Ukraine and it's just, ooh. War is gross. Yep. War is awful cool. and gross. And it is the worst thing humanity does, probably. Yeah. So hot take. War sucks. But you know what? Selling weapons is super big business. Every country does it. Maybe not a good idea. So oh, capitalism. Anyway, so then we start the episode and we learn that Russian forces hammer Berlin in the last days of the war. In the spring of 1945, Adolf Hitler ordered the defense of Berlin, no matter the cost, basically like to the death of the last soldier, because he was a real stand-up guy. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he didn't really care. Um, But it was a futile command, because obviously it did not work out in their favor. Nope. 
As Allied forces entered Berlin, Hitler's henchmen scurried to save themselves because they're awful human beings. So yeah. they run yeah. away. And then we get that mid episode. Well, not even mid, because we're, we're barely started. We'll get that little narration bit again. Men like Martin Bormann, the architects of Nazi power for dozens of years, weren't about to surrender or commit suicide as their leader had done. So in search of is kind of taken the side of like Hitler killed himself and not like alive living somewhere. So interesting. Hmm, wonder if that'll come up later. I don't know. Anyway, don't, also don't most people. I mean, isn't that is the fact, right? That's a material. I mean, fact. that is the fact, but like in search of does a lot of like, Ooh, stuff. So like, you know, yeah, that's whole, true. Like, okay. Did I Hitler see. Kill himself. Yeah. I so. see what you're saying. Well, we all know that Dean Winchester killed Hitler. So. Oh, I don't know that. I haven't seen that. Thanks for the spoiler, Tori. You're welcome. Anyway, <laughs> yes. And also, we will get more info on Borman later, which kind of makes the sentence also not true about the surrendering or committing suicide. Anyway, continuing the narration, they had access to the plunder of Europe, gold bullion worth hundreds of millions of dollars and priceless works of painting and sculpture. They snatched what they could and ran for their lives, some to be caught later, others never to be seen again. Their disappearance touched off the greatest manhunt in history and the greatest search for treasure. So it's almost like maybe this is a stronger like opening bit than what we actually had as an opening bit, honestly. So, yeah. And I I guess maybe they're thinking we have to give people some background here, but I don't know if that's necessary. (laughs) Everyone knows you could have just done that and skipped the whole beginning part. But yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. So we learned that more than 500 top-ranking Nazis disappeared when Berlin fell. Oh. And they believed their stolen treasures would be passports to new lives if they could escape the country, obviously. Yeah. So fleeing secretively and in disguise, it was a far cry from a few years earlier as Nazi officials had paraded through the streets of Paris in 1940 in these open cars and toured the city and kind of been like conquering heroes because we Mm -hmm. took France. Gross. Yep. Hitler ordered his troops to confiscate private and public art collections and bring them to Berlin because, you know, he was an artist or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird. They'd say that was like a frustrated artist himself. Hitler ordered. I'm like, I'm not really sure that had a lot to do with. I just want to have all the things that. Yeah. No, so. and the whole like Hitler was a frustrated artist. Like I just I hate that. I think it's such bullshit. Like who cares? Fuck him. Yeah, anyway. Hundreds of millions of dollars of stolen works of art adorn the walls of the Nazi Museum in Munich. Other treasures were hidden in New Schwanstein Castle in Bavaria, Germany. And a salt mine had also been a Nazi treasure repository because they could control the humidity and the temperature. Mm-hmm. So, it was a good place to store art and it wouldn't Brought. Yeah. Walter Horn, a German born art historian, worked with US military intelligence after World War II to try and track down some of these stolen items. Among the works he helped recover were the crown jewels of the Holy Roman Empire and separately, $2 million in gold coins that were last seen with Martin Bormann's chief secretary, Helmut von Hummel. Yeah, you noted this as well. This story is fucked up because as Horn is telling the story, He's basically like telling us that getting the coins back was more important than like capturing Borman or Hummel, depending on who it's, it's unclear when he's talking about it. At first they talk about Hummel. And then when he's talking about it, it sounds like they're actually chasing Borman. And then we talk, he talks to Hummel's wife. So I guess it is Hummel, but basically it's like, Oh, like she knows where her husband is. And so she goes and talks to him and then he gives the coins to a third party 
And Horn is like, okay, well, all I'm really interested in is the coin, so my job is done. Bye. And like, you don't care about capturing this Nazi dude? What the hell? Like, I know. It's, it's like, have someone trail her to where her husband is and nab him. Like, get her to have him say where the coins are and then just arrest the motherfucker. Like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, yeah, it's so ridiculous. I don't know if they didn't do that, but as the story is being told, he's basically like, okay, well, the coins are taken care of, so my work is done. Which I get that's his job, right? His job isn't to catch these Nazi assholes. His job is to try and recover all the stuff that they took. But still, like... Seems like a pretty important thing that if you could also do that on the side, maybe yeah, it wouldn't because be a you bad know thing. The, it's not it's not like she <laughs> knows where her husband hid the coins and her husband's dead or missing. Like she obviously went and talked to her husband in hiding. Right. And so then, she knows where he is. So maybe you should press her a little and find out. Like, yeah, yeah it's or just track weird. her or yeah, something. <laughs> yeah. Or have tracked her, not like gone and run in once you find out where the dude's at, but then just you know, hung back and wait until the coins are taken care of and then go get the dude. But yeah, exactly. Especially because he's working with US military intelligence. I mean, come on. So yeah. Anyway, then we hear that Hitler's officers made sure the plunder of Europe was complete. Mm-hmm. And of course, it included the most priceless treasure, humanity. Yeah. And then we learn some of what you probably already know that to the Nazis, to be anything than German was to be inferior. But to be Jewish was to be despised. The Nazis were stealing lives and were not above making a profit at it. So they would steal gold from the mouths of murdered Jews. They would obviously take things from Jewish families, including homes, businesses, all their possessions, all their wealth. Mm -hmm. There were also people in the Jewish community who had money and jewels that tried to buy their freedom. But they were wrong, and that money was just taken, and they were killed anyway or thrown in the camps. Yep. Allied forces arrived at concentration camps as liberators, but there were no cheering crowds. And then, of course, they found the ovens of Hitler's final solution and just piles of bones everywhere. So it was incredibly horrific and awful. And obviously, treasure can be recovered, but lives cannot. Yep. So, yeah, this is the... Ugh, part of the episode it's pretty brutal of, yeah of where like and, maybe yeah okay yeah so it, it kind of goes to what we were just talking about like okay yeah you're two million dollars in coins cool but you know maybe the guy who helped orchestrate all this kind of bullshit maybe you should actually get him and have him pay him for some free. of these crimes not that you can ever yeah. really pay enough for some of those things but as much as you can make someone pay for them they should have to pay for sure the great bulk of Nazi plunder was recovered at the end of the war, so we did get back quite a bit, but millions of dollars were still remain in unknown locations. As do men like Martin Bormann and Dr. Joseph Mengele, who conducted unspeakable quote-unquote research on prisoners in the concentration camps. Yeah, 50-50 uh, on this one, spoiler. Um, we'll talk about, again, I mentioned we we're going to talk about more about Bormann later, and we're actually going to get an episode dedicated to Mengele in season three. So oh, joy. I will I will save that for season three. Okay. Yeah. Allied forces tried top Nazi leaders at Nuremberg, but the colonels and majors of the Third Reich carried their treasures with them into peacetime Europe. Yeah. Not to mention Operation Paperclip and similar programs that Europe and Russia also conducted where people just got to go live somewhere else because their information was useful. Right. So, exactly. Super cool. Yep. Super great. 
1957, gold bars and hundreds of thousands of counterfeit British pounds were found in Lake Toplitze in the Austrian Alps. Two men disappeared looking for more. Were they killed by those who had hidden the treasure? <gasps> Maybe. In a bad reenactment, it looks like they were. Yeah, with a guy with a gun who's like creeping up on them while they're diving. Yeah, yeah. scary. And then he shoots one of them and the other guy is like, oh no, my friend has been shot and just kind of like fake like walk runs away and then get shot because he's not moving very fast like you would if someone actually had got shot next to you right yeah yeah also while it's true that over 700 million pounds in counterfeit notes were recovered from the lake though they were recovered in 1959 not 1957 no gold bars are known to have ever been found in reality however Lake Toplitze is mentioned in a scene in the 1964 James Bond movie Goldfinger when Bond receives a gold bar that is being used to tempt Goldfinger, who is played by Gert Frobe. The bar is said to have actually been part of a Nazi horde that was recovered from the lake. Oh. Yeah, so we're getting a little crossover from like fiction to real life in this episode. Also, for Frobe, this was a tongue-in-cheek reference to the 1959 German movie Der Schatz vom Toblitze, which is translated as the treasure of Toblitze, in which he played an undercover XSS officer who had led both the placement of the Nazi horde in the lake as well as the post-war recovery operation. So the Bond film uses the plot of a movie as a reference point, and then its plot is now being used <laughs> in, in search of as like facts, which is super cool. And they did not have a good fact checker on this show. No, no. I also like the fact that, like, we talk about, like, references and stuff. Like, even back then, like, they were making, like, the 1964, they were doing, like, a little, like, hey, you were in this movie about this. Let's use that as part of the plot in this movie, just as a little, like, wink, wink, nod, nod. Like, way back in 1964, they were doing that, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So. Yeah, that's pretty great. But also, yeah, the fact that like, he's yeah. a plot of a movie. I know, and it's like, we can excuse some stuff for, like, in search of, because it was recorded in, like, the 70s, so obviously we know a lot more stuff now about certain topics, but, like, sometimes they just totally miss it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, someone read something, they were, like, looking up, they were in the library looking up, like, Lake Toplitze or something, and was like, oh, here's something about it, and just took it as a fact, and then it's like, no, that's actually, yeah, so. <laughs> And then we learned that subsequent searches of the lake have come up empty-handed. So not surprising because yeah, probably nothing in there, you know. James Bond movie, yeah, or a German movie from 1959. Yeah. So yeah, so not only did they get the they got the information wrong, they also got the year wrong as well. So, which is like, hmm, they're gonna do that again pretty soon. So then we get some more narration, a lot of it actually. Um, because we do that thing again, we're like, this is, this is where the end of the episode should be. But instead we just narrate a scene that is actually all new information. So Florence, the capital of Renaissance culture is the center of the continuing search for the plundered art treasures of Europe. Rudolfo Severio is the most active of the art detectives. He stayed on the trail of the Nazi art thieves long after others had given up. Severio has searched thousands of German documents for clues. With them, he has recovered dozens of stolen masterpieces, manifests, bills of lading, army memos, reminders of past outrages. So basically, he's going through all the paperwork and finding out where things happen. Yeah, see if they wrote down where we put this or where we hid Mm -hmm. this or clues. Yeah, because they kept a lot of they 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 made notes on everything. They were very Uh bureaucratic. 
So, which is why, like, we had secretaries, we had secretaries, we had secretaries. So, the collections of the Uffizi Gallery and the Pitti Palace in Florence have been reconstructed through the work of Severio and his colleagues. Yet, Severio estimates a third of Italy's plundered art is still missing. He thinks much of it is hidden behind the Iron Curtain in East Germany. I don't, I didn't do the research to see if that was true or not, because we would know now because there yeah. is no East Germany. So right, there is no iron curtain anymore. Well, well, anyway, okay, yeah. One of the hardest tasks has been to root out the fake masterpieces that began showing up after the war. Museums anxious to restore their collections often fell victim to swindles. The flood of copies has made it even harder to trace the fate of the originals. Severio remains dedicated to restoring his nation's art heritage, no matter how difficult the task. It is important for men like Severio to believe that beauty can endure. It must endure if man is to banish the ugliness of war. Perhaps if beauty endures, the flaming destruction of the past can finally be cast aside. <sighs> I love the I editing of these last shots way. of the art because um, you're right. I don't think it works that way. But when they edit this, we see a lot of naked ladies which I'm a fan <laughs> of naked ladies. Um, and then we get a scene of a dude who's kind of like side-eyeing, like it's a portrait of a person, but he's kind of like side-eyeing. And it looks like the dude is looking at the naked ladies. It is freaking hilarious. We have like naked ladies, naked ladies. And this guy all like, mm. and then more naked ladies. And it's kind of funny the way they edited that. So, and then when we get the flaming destruction, um, we get a painting of what I think is supposed to be the offering to the bull god at the bottom of the mountain like when moses is getting the commandments i think it's supposed to be that because like something being burned but it could also be a greek one i'm not sure they're naked so who knows lots of naked people so mm -hmm. yeah. but i did like the little guy like all mm, naked people <laughs> so that was kind of funny so good job good job good you did bad research in search of but the editor is like look i'm gonna make this like this other painting is looking at the naked lady paintings it's funny so I was I was a fan of that. So and then we get the little thing again, where it's kind of like the little like elevator pitch for in search of lost civilization, extraterrestrials, da 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 kind of thing. So and then we get the closing credits. So it just pops up periodically, I guess, as a filler for when they don't have stuff to fill an episode. So yep. yep, over, over. Cool. They stole treasure. We want it back, but we don't really know where to look and we don't really know what to tell you about it. So maybe go treasure hunting or something. Well, if we knew where we to look, vacation. it wouldn't be a treasure hunt. You would just go <laughs> well, and get it. Well, you would, you know, you could have an idea of like a general area of where something might be. That doesn't always work. And we will find out why. <laughs> So Martin Bormann was Adolf Hitler's private secretary, and he used his position to control the information and access to Hitler and to create an extensive bureaucracy and basically involve himself as much as possible in decision making. So mm -hmm. definitely the sort of guy that you want to punish for this if you can in some mm -hmm. way. Yeah. After Hitler committed suicide, Bormann and others attempted to flee Berlin. The missing Bormann was tried in absentia by the International Military Tribunal in the Nuremberg Trials of 1945 and 1946. 
He was convicted of war crimes and crimes against humanity and sentenced to death, although they did not have him in their possession. So we're not able to do that. But we find you. We're going to kill you. Mm -hmm. So basically say it. Over the years, several organizations, including the CIA and the West German government, attempted to locate Borman without success. Sightings were reported at points all over the world, including Australia, Denmark, Italy, and South America. In his autobiography, Nazi intelligence officer Reinhold Gellin claimed that Borman had been a Soviet spy and that he had escaped to Moscow. Oh. Yeah. Nazi hunter Simon Weisenthal believed that Borman was living in South America. The West German government declared that its hunt for Borman was over in 1971. Yeah. This episode does state that Borman managed to escape to the Alps before disappearing completely. And that is part of the thing when they're talking about the coins. They mentioned that he mm-hmm. managed to escape. And then we, that's why we get the confusion of like, well, are, does Borman have the coins or does his secretary have the coins? We don't really know. Anyway, in reality, to avoid capture by the Soviets, Borman most likely committed suicide on a bridge near Lurcher Station in Berlin along with an SS doctor, Ludwig Stumpferger, by biting a cyanide capsule. Their bodies were buried nearby on the 8th of May, 1945, but were not found and confirmed as them until 1973. The identification of Borman was reaffirmed in 1998 by DNA tests. I'm not sure if the determination of the doctor was also reaffirmed by DNA or not, but Borman definitely was. What turns out is that there was some guy who came forward in like 1963, Three, I believe, who said that Soviet troops had ordered him to bury a couple bodies that they had found near some tracks. And so they buried them. And then that was the end of it. Right. And then when they came forward, there was also someone who had escaped with them who said that he thought he had seen like he had left the group and then had to double back because he like there were Russian troops. And when he doubled back, he saw two bodies laying by where the other two people had been sitting. So he assumed that they had died. But he didn't know how they died, whether they had been shot or had taking their own life, the cyanide capsules. So in 1965, they excavated the location where the bodies were supposed to be. They didn't find anything. But then it turns out that some construction workers later were doing some work and they actually found the bodies like 12 meters away from where like the, they were getting before. So it was kind of like, it was like super close to where they were supposed to be, which is kind of crazy. Like you just missed it. You just missed it. Mm-hmm. And then the person who says they buried the bodies also said they had found a book on one of the bodies that basically identified it as the doctor, but then the Soviets took it and then burned it and whatever. So we kind of have confirmation that it's both of them, which means that in search of new that Borman was dead when this was produced in 1976 or should um, have known. At least. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, yeah. Cause it was confirmed in 1973 that those were the bodies because they did like dental records and they did like some skull things. They take the, they take photos of the skull and take photos of the people and kind of, it's a, it's slightly sketchy, but like you can do some of that, right. Where they're like, yeah, it matches. He also, apparently Borman had injured himself in a horse riding incident before. And so he had broken a clavicle. One of the skeletons had a healed clavicle that was like in the right place where it should have been. So, right. and then again, I mean, that's the DNA in how so. anthropology and body identification works or forensic anthropology is like, you know, you look at those things, you're like, does this person have, does this skeleton have these bone breaks in the same place? Are their teeth kind of a match if you have that kind of thing? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, unlike what they said about how they weren't like willing to surrender or commit suicide that their leader had Borman and this doctor did commit suicide yeah. rather than clearly they the tried to run and realized that it wasn't going to happen yeah 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 because the soviets had basically just flooded berlin so yeah well honestly 
despite all the stuff going on in the current day, if it wasn't for the Soviet army, we probably would not have won World War II. So, yeah. Anyway, it was a very different, different army back then too, right? Like different leader. Well, I mean, it was still Stalin. That's the thing. It was still Stalin. Like Stalin was our buddy during World War II. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, the enemy of your enemy, I guess, kind of thing. Yeah. So, so again, like in search of should have known that the dude had been found and wasn't still missing that kind of thing. But again, we're going to come up with another thing here in just a minute of where they kind of did some bad research. So, yeah. So Neuschwanstein Castle was commissioned by King Ludwig II of Bavaria as a retreat and in honor of Richard Wagner. Construction began in 1869, but it was never fully completed. The castle was intended as a private residence for the king, but was open to the public shortly after his death in 1886. And the episode tells us that still other treasures were hidden in a 15th century castle called New Schwanstein. The creation of Ludwig II, the mad king of Bavaria. In a sense, one madman's monument had become a storehouse for the greed and fantasies of another. For a time, Ludwig's collection of cheap glass and plaster fixtures was dignified by some of the finest works of Europe's old masters. As World War II ended, American GIs were sent to the castle to recover its treasures. What they found were the works of incomparable artists haphazardly grouped with paintings of little or no merit. So someone either typoed or did poor research because as far as I know, the 1800s are not part of the 15th century, (laughs) unless they're adjusting for the phantom time hypothesis, which would still be a century off. But anyway. Yeah. Well, sort of like when they said that thing was built like, before Leonardo da Vinci was born, and then it was actually built like in the 1800s. Oh, yeah. and it's like, the, no. the Indian observer. Yeah, well, they, yeah. they actually were observatories. I was going to do air quotes on observatories. They were, but they were calling them like rocket launch gantries or something. Yeah, and they're so, like, these are from the you know before Leonardo da Vinci was born. It's like, no, they aren't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're not. They're not great ago. with time. Yeah, so they're not <laughs> great with time. And also, let's be honest, they're being a little judgy on what's considered art. <laughs> Because um, they're like works of no merit. It's like, how do yeah, you know there's no merit? glass and plaster fixtures, which I had to rewind because at first I thought they were saying plastic. And I'm like, oh, there was not plastic in the 1800s. I'm sorry. They did not. He did not have plastic figurines. Like he didn't have a little like little Funko Pop figures. I'm sorry. But they did say plaster. So, yeah. So cheap glass and plaster fixtures. And then like little or no merit. It's like, don't be so judgy. Like, okay, you see, you don't like it. Yeah, I get, you know, ancient masters, that kind of stuff. Honestly, a lot of the ancient master stuff ain't great to look at. Some of it's not great, but we consider it great because it's old and it's like shows a progression of art. But yeah, a little judgy. People yeah. can like what they like. Just, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you like sad clown paintings, like that is totally fine. You and Fred Jones, all over it. So, yeah. <laughs> I do not like sad clown paintings, but I don't know that Fred Jones like sad clown painting anyway. But remember, he really liked like what was it, clown masks? He was a a fan of clown masks. So it was, it was masks. Yeah. Yeah. He was buying the gold mask. And Fred was like, I'm more a fan of clown masks. So yeah. (laughs) Okay, Fred. (laughs) Don't want to visit your house. (laughs) Let's not go hang out at Fred's after this, guys. He must have really liked when they had the ghost clown. And he was like, ooh, that balloon. He kept that, you know, he kept that balloon. He kept that balloon. <laughs> yep, probably hanging over his bed. Daphne's all, "Oh, Fred, what are you doing?" So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Walter Horn spent most of his academic career at the University of California, Berkeley, where he became the university system's first art historian, and he co-founded the History of Art Department. Yeah, 
a naturalized citizen of the United States, Horn served in the U.S. Army during World War II, and then in the special intelligence unit that tracked down artworks plundered by the Nazis. Yeah, he fled Germany and then came to the United States and then served in the army to fight Nazis and then worked with the intelligence to find stuff. Yeah, so good for him. His most celebrated exploit was the recovery of the crown jewels of the Holy Roman Empire, also known as Charlemagne's Imperial Regalia, which includes the crown, scepter, and jewels of the Holy Roman Empire. Yes. Also included in the Imperial Regalia is the Holy Lance, a.k.a. the Spear of Destiny, which has a great deal of fiction applied to it, both historically and about its recovery. If you're into that kind of stuff, it's kind of fun. It's that kind of conspiracy, weird story stuff that's not creepy and makes you feel bad about the world. It's just kind of that fun kind of old school stuff. You can look up the mythology about it. Two audio versions can be found in our show notes via the Conspiracy Theories podcast and the Our Fake History podcast. Nice. So I will have links to those. The Conspiracy Theory ones was a show that I actually like listening to a lot. They went to Spotify only. I can't actually listen to it now because I refuse to sign into Spotify. So be aware that one is Spotify only where Our Fake History you can listen to anywhere you want to listen to it. So Horn also had a run in with McCarthyism, but that is not fun to talk about and is also kind of complicated. So we're not going to get into it. Okay. Yeah. So he got to run in. uh, He dealt with real fascists and then he dealt with some more fascists. Yay, fascists. Yeah. Yeah. Love those. What's the thing? I think it's in the good place where Michael's talking about the world and he's like, and Nazis are back somehow. Like, you know, (laughs) just. What I mean, they anyway. never went away. They never went away, but like the back in the fact that they're like a bigger thing again. I don't know. Anyway, it's gross. Rodolfo Severo was an Italian secret agent, art historian, and intellectual, most notable for his important work in recovering artwork stolen from Italy during the Second World War as part of you know Nazi plunder. Mm. He was called the 007 of art, which is pretty sweet. Seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he was also born on the 24th of December in 1911, so he was possibly a werewolf. Although I realize I messed that up because actually that's only on Christmas Day. If you're born on Christmas Day, you're a werewolf, not Christmas Eve. I think I do that because my <laughs> wife's sister is born on Christmas Eve, and I always joke that she missed being a werewolf by one day. So <laughs> he's probably clear. He did die in Florence in 1983. Mm. So. Yeah. Yay. Not, no, not yay. Nazis. Yay. The episode's <laughs> over about. Yay. It's over the <laughs> All I could think of is, I know you haven't seen it yet, but in Supernatural, Dean kills Hitler, not back in time. It's confusing, but Hitler's brain was basically saved and they try and put him in a different body and Dean kills him. And then for like the next four or five episodes, every time Dean encounters someone he hasn't seen in a while, he's like, did I tell you I killed Hitler? And he's like, really? He's just so excited about it. And I'm like, yes, that is amazing. That is the show being good. It's Dean Winchester being proud that he shot Hitler in the fucking head. And it's so great. Although also kind of crazy pants, because if you haven't seen someone for a while and you're just like, hey, since last time I saw you, I killed Hitler. They're going to be like, well, they're going to have questions. Are... Right. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, just, wrong with it's you? funny. It's funny because he's like so happy about it. And he's like, hey, I need to tell you, I killed Hitler. Yeah. I mean, uh, Hitler is involved. The whole spirit destiny thing is a Hitler story, too, because mm-hmm. yeah, they have a lot so of Nazi evil magic on Supernatural. Yeah, a, a lot of evil. It was Nazi weird because magic. I had recently you turned me on to our fake history recently because you had mm-hmm. mentioned it a couple of episodes ago. 
And so I've been kind of going through their back catalog, just kind of like hitting the things that I'm interested in, kind of like, you know, just jumping around a lot. And they did one on this. They actually did one on the Spirit of Destiny that I actually had not listened to it yet because I knew a lot about the Spirit of Destiny. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll get that one later. I'm more interested in some of the other stuff that I just want to check out some things. And so I actually listened to it after this episode just because I was like, oh, I should listen to that. It took me a long time to find the other one that I knew because I knew I had listened to a podcast about the Spirit of Destiny. And all the ones I checked, I could not find it. And that's because Conspiracy Theories, the podcast network, moved all their shit to Spotify only. And so I couldn't find anything unless I went to Spotify. Uh-huh. And then, of course, you can't yeah. search it because they're like, even if you go to their website, it's just all like, go to Spotify, doesn't list any shit. And it's like, yeah, I hope they get good money for that. I hope that, you well, know, apparently I mean, the, the people who started it sold it like for a hundred million bucks or something. Oh, so, geez. yeah, but their whole network of shows, they have some, and they had a bunch that are like, I would never listen to, but I listened to conspiracy theories. They had another one, Unexplained Mysteries, that was pretty good. I mean, some of them were hit or miss, but there were just some good ones. Just like, it's like kind of stuff like you listen to, like, you know, the stories. I'm into a lot of the stuff. I know a lot of this stuff already. And it's just kind of fun. Like, you can put it on. You don't need to pay super much attention mm-hmm. to it, but it's kind of interesting. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of good to have this stuff on. Like, I listen to a lot of that when I'm doing my day job because I have a lot of times where I'm doing data entry or I'm just going through and like, scheduling stuff that I, you know, I need to pay attention to, but it's not like I, you know, it's automatic, right? Like I do it all the time. And so it's not like I need to focus super hard. And so like, I'll listen to that kind of stuff where I can kind of like half pay attention. But then if I miss something, it's not the end of the world. Cause I already kind of know what's going on. Yeah. For a long time, they kept calling it like a Spotify original, a Spotify original, but I was listening to it just on my regular podcast app. And then it was right about the time that the whole Joe Rogan thing happened too. I think Spotify uh, was just spending money and then they just like the feed stopped and they were like, Oh, Spotify only now got to go to Spotify. So I haven't listened to any of the episodes for a long, long time because I don't like having to go somewhere special. Like I have no yeah. problem paying for stuff. Like if you're going to do something like behind the paywall, that's fine. But like, if I pay for it, I should be able to listen to it. However I want to listen to it, like on my own app or whatever. Right. You should so, be able to get like our Patreon feed. Yeah, which you can put in your RSS feed and then you can listen to it on any podcatcher or pod app you have and it's fine. And that's, I have it on both of mine actually. So it pops up on like Apple, but it also pops up on Overcast. So it's like nice. You just enter the thing into the app and it works. But yeah, Mm -hmm. no Spotify is like, nope, Spotify only. And then you can't even listen to it free with ads unless you log in. And I'm like, I'm not going to log in. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you that much, even though technically our real podcast is owned by Spotify because they own Anchor. Well, they own Anchor. We own the podcast. That's true. I mean, I guess. But yeah. But we publish it through their thing. Although we didn't, you know, I didn't anyway those logistics get really messy when everything is owned by the same corporation eventually yep. i mean honestly that's a that's one, a big reason why i haven't watched a lot of the new marvel stuff that i really want to watch just because i don't like the idea that like i can't just like watch it wherever i want like I, if you want me to pay you that's fine but like i don't have to go through your stupid app to watch you know faculty no and soldier and stuff like that let me like download it and watch it but yeah i know i hate that you can't like there's so much media that you can't just like, like I miss iTunes, which I know there's still like an Apple store. I know there's still, you know, the iTunes store, but like, I miss just having it all in one spot. And then I could just like subscribe to a TV show and you can still do that, but it's just way harder because they, 
it just keeps trying to pitch you on like whatever Apple TV and it's like, okay, but I just want to buy this show so I can watch it. Like I really well, want to watch the new too. Top like, Chef, I think, but like, like we all wanted, like, you know, everyone was like, like, you know, let's de, you know, let's have a la carte where we can just buy what we want and watch what we want and not have to have all these packages. And it kind of did that, but then it splintered. And now it's like, now I'm doing the same shit because I'm right. going to pay for everything. And it just, honestly, it just leads people to pirate stuff. I mean, I know I can watch all the Disney stuff if I want to without signing into Disney Plus. Um, it's right. all on torrents if I want to. So, you know, if I ever get to where I'm going to do that, it's probably where I'll go. I was a big, like, you know, Napster and LimeWire dude back in the day. And then when mm-hmm. Apple started their thing where you could just buy music, I actually started buying music because, like, I could, like, you, like make make it available. I'll, I'll, I'm much more willing to pay for something than I am to steal something because stealing stuff makes you feel bad. But... If I don't have an option, then, you know. Yeah, exactly. Makes it a lot harder. There's a lot of stuff on the iTunes store, but I do like, especially when I'm doing like the gym or something, I listen to a lot of J-pop and like some of that you can buy on iTunes. And so like you used to be able to like get it places and like download it. And I would still go to Kinokuniya or CD Japan and I would like buy the actual CDs. Mm-hmm. But to have them on MP3 and just be able to put them on, I still use an iPod. I'm old and I'm I'm stubborn and I'm sticky. I don't want my phone on the treadmill. I just want my iPod that has my music because I don't want to use my phone space for music. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm really anal about this. My iPod dies, I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> but like you just, it's really hard to like, and it's like these songs that I know exist that I just can't buy on the iTunes store. Cause like it's region locked enough that I can't get to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, come on, just let me pay for this crap that I want on my iPod. Like yeah. let me pay for it. So I don't have to go try and find it at some shady illegal site. That's going to put viruses on my computer. Like, yeah. just well, that's the thing it. too, with all this stuff is like, <laughs> Oh, does Disney decide they're not going to show this anymore? Or are they going to, right. Is Netflix taking this series down? If they lose, did they lose the license to, you know, are they going to lose the license to the Marvel shows? But Disney's not going to put the Daredevil stuff up on there because they didn't make it. Like, do those shows just disappear and no one has access to them unless you like illegally downloaded them at some point? So, yeah. It's yeah. Kind of it's, I know. Well, like, there's a couple shows that I really love that I've been looking for. And, like, I think I have Being Human, the UK version on DVD, but like, you can't get that anywhere online anymore. Like, you can't stream it. You can't find, you know, it just does not exist. And I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> yep. So, it's not a great system that we have stumbled our way into with our corporate overlords who just decide oh we're not showing this anymore and it's gone yeah I'm not sure how any of that ties into nazi plunder but it doesn't it doesn't it's just no one wants to talk about nazis so <laughs> mm, yeah there's that uh, yeah anyway <laughs> thank you we appreciate you we hope you appreciate these episodes we'll see you next wednesday yeah, we'll see you before and that. But we'll Friday see you and Monday and yeah. yeah, and maybe even a Saturday. Who knows? You never know. You never know what might pop you up. Never so. know. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I want to rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazian Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And the truth is what we make of it by the Agrarians. Our premium feed is where you can find all of our X-Files adjacent bonus episodes covering television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like these bonus episodes, tell a friend about our Patreon page. 
We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next Wednesday as we go in search of Amelia Earhart. And try to figure out if the the truth truth is is still out there. like if she's still out there (laughs) and try to figure out if if she's she's still still out there and the truth (laughs) and the truth yeah both the truth and Amelia Earhart we'll go in search of the truth and Amelia Earhart Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we'll find it we will (laughs) someday